reading today is taken from Acts chapter 21, verses 1 to 16. After we had torn ourselves away from them, we put out to sea and sailed straight to Kos. The next day we went to Rhodes and from there to Patara. We found a ship crossing over to Phoenicia, went on board and set sail. After sighting Cyprus and passing to the south of it, we sailed on to Syria. We landed at Tyre, where our ship was to unload its cargo. We sought out the disciples there and stayed with them seven days. Through the Spirit, they urged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. When it was time to leave, we left and continued on our way. All of them, including wives and children, accompanied us out of the city. And there on the beach, we knelt to pray. After saying goodbye to each other, we went aboard the ship and they returned home. We continued our voyage from Tyre and landed at Poltermice, where we greeted the brothers and sisters and stayed with them for a day. Leaving the next day, we reached Caesarea and stayed at the house of Philip the Evangelist, one of the seven. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. After we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it and said, The Holy Spirit says, In this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the people there pleaded with Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. When he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, The Lord's will be done. After this, we started on our way up to Jerusalem. Some of the disciples from Caesarea accompanied us and brought us out to the home of Manasseh, where we were to stay. He was a man from Cyprus and one of the early disciples. Hello. It's lovely to be able to continue our journey through the book of Acts with you. I've mentioned before that I get inspiration from these talks from all sorts of different places, even the local supermarket. And today's theme comes from a packet of custard. Yes, really. On a custard packet I saw were printed three words, three words which form the message of today's passage, the challenge for all of us. And the custard costs just a few pence, but came with this declaration, ready to serve. And I thought, that's true for the custard, but what about me? Am I ready to serve? And what's the cost for that? So we're going to go through this passage and learn from Paul's example. He certainly was ready to serve, whatever it was going to cost him. But first, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the example of Paul here in the scriptures. And we pray that we will learn today from his example. And then you will help us to be always ready to serve you wherever you call us. Amen. So in our passage today, it begins with those first few verses, which are just almost a list of places. It sounds like an itinerary on one of those adverts for a cruise. You will be calling at Kos and from there traveling on to Rhodes and taking Patara and the lovely sights and so on. Why have you got this detail? I think Luke, the author of the book of Acts, was showing his readers that we live one step at a time. And for Paul, this was one difficult step. 
at a time. Being a Christian, choosing to follow Jesus and be his disciple is not easy for all sorts of reasons. Jesus made this clear. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16, he says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? The cost of serving Christ can be huge. It can cost us everything. Here as we move on to Tyre, the Christians are praying with Paul. They're giving a glimpse through the Spirit of the suffering that will happen to Paul in Jerusalem. And it says they urged him not to go on to Jerusalem. They knew what was awaiting him. But Paul, he doesn't stop. He continues his journey onward to Caesarea, meeting up there again with Philip. And while he's there, along comes a gifted prophet called Agabus. He's featured before in Acts, if you want to check back. And he does a little drama. He acts out the sort of things that are going to happen to Paul if he goes to Jerusalem. Yes, I think if I were Paul here, I'd be on the boat in the opposite direction after that. But he's determined to carry on. He's sure that he is called to go to Jerusalem and is resolute. Some biblical commentators have compared this passage that we've got before us today with Jesus' journey to Jerusalem. Jesus too knew what lay in store for him, but he knows that's where he is meant to be. In Luke chapter 9, we read these words, As time approached him for be taken up into heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And we see that same determination here in Paul. He's determined to go where God calls him, whatever it's going to cost. And then the passage goes on, and this comes to real head in verses 12 to 14, which we'll look at together. Verse 12. When we heard this, we and the people there pleaded with Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. And Paul answered, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. When he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, The Lord's will be done. That's the key passage for us today. Because there we see the what, the who, and the why of all of this. Here we are with the people. They've seen Agabus's little drama played out, pleading with Paul not to go. They are very moved. Many of them are crying. And Paul says, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I'm, not, I'm ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem. That is following in the footsteps of his master. So what? What first? What is Paul doing? Well, he's taking seriously this call of Jesus to take up his cross, to be willing to sacrifice everything, his freedom, his life if necessary, in the service of God. When he wrote to the church in Philippi, Paul said, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage, so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. We see too in the, in the last chapter we looked at last week, as he was giving his farewell to the church leaders at Miletus, Paul said, I consider my life worth nothing 
to me. My only aim is to finish the race, to complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. What a challenge to us as we hear Paul's words. I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that Jesus has given to me. Can we say the same in our lives? This was Paul seeking to follow God's calling, whatever the cost. He certainly passed that custard test. He was ready to serve. That's what Paul was doing. So that's the what. What about the who? Who was he doing this for? Paul goes on, I'm ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. This was all about Jesus. Paul was doing this for his Lord, the one who had transformed his life, the one who had died on the cross so that he, Paul, might live. If Jesus gave his life for him, Paul responds with that he's determined to lay down his life for Christ if necessary. The one who is worth it. Jesus is worthy of our adoration, our praise, our devotion. He is the eternal Son of God. His sacrifice opened the way for us to have a relationship with God the Father. The Bible says that he's interceding for us with his Father. This is Jesus. This is the one. Paul is ready to die for the name of the Lord Jesus. Jesus is worthy of his service. Paul knew this. Do we? The what? What is Paul doing? The who? Who is he doing it for? And why? Why do this, Paul? What's this all about? Well, Paul is determined to bring glory to God by doing his will, by being obedient, by yielding to his way in his life. Look how the verses continue. Paul answered, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I'm ready to be bound, not only to be bound, but to die in Jerusalem. When he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and we said, the Lord's will be done. The final response of the people here was the correct one. The Lord's will be done. That was the phrase you remember that Jesus used when he taught his disciples how to pray. Your will be done. We've already compared Paul's resolute determination to go to Jerusalem, even if it meant suffering. We compared that with Jesus' own journey there. And when Jesus prayed about the cross before his arrest in the Garden of Gethsemane, he used the same phrase, your will be done. That's what it's all about. We need to learn to trust God with everything, for he can be trusted. We need to trust him when we can see and when we cannot. Paul and his companions knew of the trouble ahead, but they could continue because of their determination that God's will be done. They could remain steadfast in God's love and God would be with Paul, whatever happened. So this is a challenging passage for us today as we look at Paul and his example that he sets here. Are we ready to trust completely in God? Whatever our circumstances, whatever it is we're facing, are we ready always, always to put Christ first? Are we ready to serve whatever the cost? I began by talking about custard and I want to finish in the kitchen too. 
when Joanne and I got married, we were given a pressure cooker as a wedding present. It's proved to be very useful and we're still using it now. The pressure cooker comes with what is called a ready-to-serve indicator. It's a little device in the pressure cooker which does what it says. It shows you when it's ready to serve. I wonder if you had a ready-to-serve indicator today. What would that show? Are you like, like my custard, ready to serve? Do you love Jesus so much that you'd be willing to go where he calls you and do what he's asking you to do, whatever the cost? Paul was ready to serve. The question is, are we? This is a challenging passage, and we're going to go on next week and see exactly what happens to Paul in Jerusalem next week. So join us again then.